Hi, everyone, and welcome to Undocumented History, an online video podcast focused on educating others about the importance of East Asian culture and history while also amplifying Asian voices and stories. I'm Tiffany Zhang, your host, and today we have a very special guest, Amy Lewis Hoffland. Ms. Hoffland is the Senior Director of the Crow Museum of Asian Art located at the University of Dallas. Ms. Hoffland, thank you so much for being here today and taking the time to join me. Um, before we start, is there anything else that you wanted to add regarding to what you do and who you are? Hi, Tiffany. It's so fun to spend some time with you. Thank you for this invitation and thank you for your work. Um, it's so important to lift API voices and stories and opportunities. And I'm so honored that the Crow Museum can be part of what you're sharing with the world. So thank you. That's great. Thank you so much. So basically, I'm just going to jump in right with a few questions and then I guess we'll like kind of see how it goes from there. So I guess my first question is to establish like a little bit of background information. What inspired you to take this job at the Crow Museum? So it was very much by chance. It was um, almost 25 years ago. I was invited to an interview and I almost didn't take the interview. I did not think I was qualified I had an art history degree from UT Austin, but I had not studied a lot of Asian art history or history or religion. And that when I met Mr. Crow in an interview, and that's Trammell S. Crow, whose parents mm -hmm. uh, have the collection, and then he inherited the work of opening a museum. When I met him, I was very inspired because he said one thing to me, Tiffany, that really kind of moved me. He said, I don't know... Um, how else to explain why this museum is so important other than to say that the migration of Asian American, Asians and Asian Americans to North Texas is the single most important event of his lifetime. And at the time he was 50. And I thought that was so fascinating that he was thinking of the art in the collection, not around the idea of it's art and we're all going to enjoy it sort of surfacely, but that it had a very poignant and deep purpose Mm -hmm. to educate and inform and begin helping people have safe conversations mm -hmm. around religion. And so that was appealing to me. That was kind of a museum different job. Mm -hmm. And the idea that education would be so integral to how we built um, stronger courage in having conversations around art. And I was really interested in that. Wow, that's definitely so interesting. I find it, I guess I just like find it super interesting that this job was like more of chance and it wasn't it like was, you were like yeah. planning to go to the interview and planning to be like, oh, yes, please, I want this job. Like, I find that so fascinating for some reason. And as you said, like, I really like what um Mr. Crow said mm -hmm. about um like, I guess, like Asian Americans migrating to North Texas being like the most important part of his life that that's like so interesting to me. Like, it really is. Yeah. I mean, he talked about how it'd be such a stimulus of the in intellectual base and the economic base of our region. And it's it's true. I mean, with Toyota mm -hmm. coming here in the last 10 years and major Asian companies looking at Dallas, uh, he was right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really glad that you took this job, though, because I was looking at the website and I was just like looking at all the art. I was like, it was like so inspiring to me. And I think oh, that's good. Yeah. So I guess my second question is, before like this interview, I watched your interview on Visit Dallas and you talked about like how part of your job as a director is to bring the best of the art to the museum. Can you like kind of describe that process, I guess? Yes. And that is probably the best and the hardest part of my job. 
um, to sort of scan the world, right? And to figure out what is not not so much what is America's story about Asian art, but what is Dallas's Asian art history going to become? Mm -hmm. And I think our favorite thing to do is to give an Asian artist or an Asian American artist their first major show. Mm -hmm. And we've had several artists go on from the Crow who are now exhibited in the Metropolitan Museum of Art, um, or they've had major exhibitions at the Frist and at the Brooklyn Museum. And so we feel like we're a very accessible museum for rising artists and artists um, who have not had a platform yet. Um, and so that's my favorite thing to do is to really lift and support the contemporary artist that's just trying to make a break, right, and have a break. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, but that's hard to do. And it, it requires a very rigid set of criterion mm -hmm. or criteria is the better word, mm -hmm. uh, criteria that we hold very, we hold a commitment to it. You know, mm -hmm. it has to be fresh. It has to have a sense of urgency. And mm -hmm. um, it has to, in our case, our museum really loves artists that hearken back to tradition so mm -hmm. artists that are sort of reinterpreting and reimagining traditional mm -hmm. arts and values of arts in Asia mm -hmm. is something we like to see because it otherwise it it really would be a standalone work of contemporary art that you mm -hmm. wouldn't recognize as Asian. And so it's important that there's a teaching moment in the work um, of what has influenced that artist today. Mm -hmm. And we also love wonder as a principle. And wonder is in the Descartes definition that I like to use, the first of all passions. Mm -hmm. And so is it an exhibition? Is it a story that will ask the viewer more to ask more questions than to have answers to those questions? And so wonder is another big element of what we look for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting to hear. I really like the idea of like supporting smaller artists and, and not just trying to get like the ones that everyone know already knows, you know what I mean? Yes. So I really like that concept. And I also like really like the concept of like, I think you said something in the beginning about like thinking about like what is Dallas. So like, I guess like focusing more on the region, like I find that super interesting and yeah. yes. So and I'll, um, also, I'll just, I'll just add Tiffany. I'm also very conscious that I have to try twice as hard to authentically represent the Asian voice. Mm -hmm. And I can't, right? I as a as a non a person of non-Asian descent, um, I can work on being a really great ally and mm -hmm. hire great curators and great voices in art history. And so I I feel like that's one of the things that I am conscious of the most mm -hmm. is that Trammell is not of Asian descent. Mm -hmm. I am not the University of Texas at Dallas leadership. They're not of Asian descent. And so it's really important to look for the places where we can bring, um, fill the table with Asian voices and thought leaders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just like, I guess, like kind of setting, like trying to empathize, I guess, in a way that's really. Um, yes, it's really yes. important. So I guess like continuing on that, um, I guess you kind of talked about it before, but can you like talk a little bit more specifically about like, I guess like the criteria criteria for the art that you bring in the museum and like I guess like what your vision is for the museum yes so I think it's shifted a lot in the last four years now that we're part of a university so four and a half years ago we were adopted by the University of Texas at Dallas and it was a really um 
I think in history, when we look at the history of the Crow 50 years from now, it will be a very big turning point mm -hmm. from how we were incubated for 20 years with the Crow family, with lots of support of our ideas to integrate communities inside the museum and bring communities of diverse backgrounds together and teach through the exhibitions to a new platform, which is now the University of Texas at Dallas. So really our first focus, our first visitor is the student. Mm -hmm. And it's so fascinating that the student population at UTD has a high number of Asians and Asian Americans. Mm -hmm. And so thinking of what will create a museum, which will open a year from now, mm -hmm. what will create a museum that students will feel a sense of belonging to? And so... Mm -hmm. As we think about freshmen who are coming in and even the international students too, how do we create um, stickiness is how I like to talk about it, like a reason to come back. Mm -hmm. So that will be found in the exhibitions mm -hmm. that, that have to be relevant. They have to be of the moment. And <clears throat> I'm not afraid to ask the hard questions in an exhibition and really talk about the issues and challenging challenges facing an AAPI community. I think we're kind of known for <clears throat> brave conversations. And then I would say the programming mm -hmm. will be equally important. One of the things that I'm seeing, and we know this on a national level and international level, is the levels of student stress. And I think that has always been a question in my mind of what is what is this museum up to in the human beingness of us all, right? Like mm -hmm. our first location, which is in downtown Dallas, is located in the Dallas Arts District and it's among all these towers. Mm -hmm. And I was always asking myself, how can we matter to the human beings that are working in these buildings, the thousands of human beings? Mm -hmm. And now I'm asking myself this question, how can we matter to the students? And we are going to need to matter in the world of stress relief and well-being. Mm -hmm. Um, it's important to face the sort of socio-political issues facing AAPI, but I definitely also want to be a reservoir of peace mm -hmm. and a place to find serenity and balance. Um, so I think we'll continue the traditional programming we've had really now mm -hmm. since maybe almost 20 years uh, for mm -hmm. yoga, mindfulness, Tai Chi, mm -hmm. Qigong. There's so many beautiful artistic traditions in well-being mm -hmm. that the crow can present. So that I think that will continue too. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. I like the idea of like being at a university where there's a lot of students, but like also being mindful that the stress on students is like super high these days. And also you can't ignore it. Yeah. And also just like listening to you talk like I feel like I really like I'm starting to understand like why like the Crow Museum like when I was looking at the website like it so it was so like fascinating so like impressive <laughs> to me that like you were able to cultivate such like an amazing museum for others to look at but also have it be like a place of like calmness like as you said like that's yes. really really cool and really I'm like really glad that you're doing this work oh thank you <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So I guess just um, moving forward, um, what is your favorite art piece at the Crow Museum? Oh, that's like having to choose my children. <laughs> um, that's a great question. There is a sculpture, and I'll send it to you in the follow-up. Maybe you can put it in the comments. Yeah. And it is, it's, it was created in 2014. It was a commission from an artist in Shanghai named mm -hmm. Liu Yanggong, mm -hmm. a Chinese artist. And it's 17 feet high. It's a oh. symbol, calligraphy symbol. Mm -hmm. It's three-dimensional 
metal mm-hmm. with red and paint. But what he did is he blended three languages into one new character. Mm-hmm. And so the character is enlightenment or knowledge. And this, mm-hmm. at one point, this was at the front door of the Crow downtown, but it's headed to campus. And it's the blend of Sino-Tibetan, Mongolian, and Mandarin mm-hmm. languages. Mm-hmm. So he created a new character. Um, and you can kind of see the antecedents of the forms of the characters in, in the final work of art. Mm-hmm. But I love that it's sort of a gateway piece to the collection. And I love what it means, this idea that knowledge is attained and you have to be in this sort of mode of inquiry mm-hmm. to find it. And I would love, I love the idea that the crow is a place to explore. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of a perfect ambassador piece. Um, it's very popular. It's very highly Instagrammed when it was up. Um, and so I think it'll come back. And I also love this idea that we're not, none of us are pure and mm-hmm. um, versions of ourselves, right? We're this beautiful blend of history and mm-hmm. DNA and experience. And, and that includes the good and the bad, right? The, mm-hmm. the good history and the traumatic mm-hmm. histories of our lives. And so mm-hmm. we all show up really perfectly imperfect mm-hmm. um, with this idea that we're, we're the blending and this museum is the blending of all of us. Mm-hmm. yeah that's really I I didn't see that on the website but that sounds really yeah, cool like it's a great piece 17 feet I guess like my favorite piece of art like I've never visited before but when I was well because I live in Houston but like when I was scrolling through like the website I guess I really like this piece of art called rare earth I I don't think it's on display right now the exhibition sure. rare earth yeah rare mm-hmm. earth the art and science of Chinese stones and I thought it was like really pretty like all the colors and stuff like that personally was like my favorite but I feel like I have to look at like your favorite the 17 yes I feel like that one definitely oh the enlightened one yes Mm -hmm. so rare earth was such a great like it's it's a symbol of the new world now that we're Mm -hmm. part of a university so we partnered with a professor of of chemistry Mm-hmm. at UTD, Dr. Bob Stern, and he and our curator, Jacqueline Chow, mm-hmm. selected works of art that really challenged the question, is it art or is it mineral? Mm-hmm. Um, is it rock? And it's it sort of honors the Chinese tradition of placing natural stones in a place of honor. Mm-hmm. So, um, and Jade, of course, has this mm-hmm. dual role as is it art or is it um, mineral? Mm-hmm. And so it was really, it was a really fun exhibition to do. Mm, that seems really. And cool. what this this it's like an Easter egg hunt at mm-hmm. university when you know you you realize there's this whole department that can help you curate an exhibition. Now it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely really cool. So, I guess like moving on. Um, why do you think it's important to have a museum dedicated specifically to Asian American artists or art? And I love that question, Tiffany. Thank you for asking it. And um, representation. Mm-hmm. This this history of the globe, I think more than half of the population is in Asia. Mm-hmm. The rising leadership that Asian Americans are offering the United States, the voices that have not been heard the artists, the poets, the writers, the filmmakers, the mm-hmm. musicians. Um, there is a moment in time, and I believe that it is a community's responsibility to on- honestly mm-hmm. reflect the culture of mm-hmm. its citizens. And so I'm really proud that the Crow Museum is, is developing as the fourth largest Asian art museum in the United States. 
the history of Asian art um, collecting is so fascinating. I really I hope to write a book about it someday. But mm-hmm. you've got, you know, New York with the Asia Society, the National Museum of the Asian, or I'm sorry, the National Museum of Asian Art, which has been through a, a name change. Mm-hmm. It was formerly the Sackler. And there's some really interesting movies about that and stories about that books. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the Asian Art Museum in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So it seems fitting that Dallas and, of course, Houston is well known for the Asia Society uh, satellite, um, mm-hmm. which in the museum district in Houston. We we love our, our partner museum down there. So I think it is really, it's incumbent upon this city, Dallas, which has been international for a long time. It has chosen Asian American architects for mm-hmm. some of its most preeminent buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, but to honor the culture in an individual way mm-hmm. is such a point, I've seen it over and over again, mm-hmm. such a point of pride um, mm-hmm. for people to feel a sense of belonging and a sense of pride for the city they've chosen mm-hmm. yeah definitely um I really agree with what um what you said about representation I think it's really important to like represent minorities I guess in a way that sometimes like mainstream media fails to do um like on a broader topic I um I know that like there's a lawmaker called Grace Mung I think she's like trying to establish an Asian American museum um right now and I think it's like just like you said like I feel like we do need like a museum dedicated specifically to like Asian American history slash art because of like the representation and just like I feel like with that representation like a lot of like I guess like younger Asian American generations like if they don't see themselves represented it might like I guess like hurt their potential or like hurt their self-esteem so yeah definitely mm-hmm. like represent like going back yeah. to representation There's also a group in Dallas called the Asian American Historical Society, and they are doing such incredible work. Stephanie Drinka Mm -hmm. is one of the leaders, and they just had an exhibition called Leftover about sort of the history of Dallas and the entrepreneurial restaurateurs um, from Asia. Mm -hmm. And I'm so proud of Stephanie because it's definitely grassroots. It's definitely from the heart. It's so authentic Mm -hmm. um, what they're putting together and, and really beginning to archive Mm-hmm. Dallas's history, which is not always um, pretty. And it's mm-hmm. important that we have the uncomfortable conversations about what, you know, how Chinese Americans and Chinese were treated here around the turn of the century. So mm-hmm. it's it's been great. And I hope that at some point Crow and this organization can come together and do something really impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. I've never heard of that, but I feel like that, that I'll definitely be researching yeah, that. Yeah, brand new. Yeah. So um, I guess my next question, like going back on like the art and stuff, like to what extent do you believe in art's impact to help, like, I guess, marginalized groups, like not just limited to Asian Americans? So I believe in compassion and action. Mm-hmm. It's something that I have been tuned into since a meeting with His Holiness the Dalai Lama in 2015. Mm-hmm. in July and it was a fascinating sort of um turnaround moment for me where I I watched him through 11 different presentations in seven days mm-hmm. and every time he stood at the edge of the stage and I I think he's an important voice to study because so mm-hmm. many different faiths and cultures and, and countries citizens of the world really follow and believe in his holiness the Dalai Lama mm-hmm. so I was studying him as a leader, which is something I love to do. And Mm -hmm. every time he ended a talk, 
whether he was with me alone or with a hundred people or 10,000, he said, um, I need for you to pledge to put compassion into action. <clears throat> and I think this was something that was always inside of me as a leader, but I didn't reveal it until I, my study of compassion. I studied Karen Armstrong, who's written um, a great book called The 12 Steps to a More Compassionate Life. Mm-hmm. And I believe that this ability to create art, mm-hmm. to appreciate art, is one of the human commonalities that connects us all. And it's Mm -hmm. one of the places where we can feel a sense of interdependence on each other because we have all left these footprints for the future. That's Mm -hmm. how I think about art, right? It's the Mm -hmm. thing that we create Mm -hmm. um, that is sort of sent to the future to archive the history of the past. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it, it's truth. I think great art is telling the truth. Mm-hmm. It's as it's provoking a question, provoking a, a dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I believe that art museum directors have very important responsibilities mm-hmm. to do this in a way that is honest and thoughtfully mm-hmm. researched, mm-hmm. very with a lot of awareness for what are the what are the touch points that are hurtful to people and how do we navigate those conversations carefully so that everyone has this, everyone has a a place in the museum. Um, And I, I have personally adopted this principle of compassion. I call my, I I think I'm, I think I'm now going to call it a practice, an Mm -hmm. art practice where I believe there is this place called Compassion Texas and the Crow Museum is part of it. This conversation is in Compassion, Texas. It's it's a metaphor. Um, it's an ethereal place that we all sort of commit to be in, mm-hmm. where we listen deeply, we respect all points of view, mm-hmm. we push ourselves to be more honest in conversation and talk about um, not just emotions, but how emotions really um, become facts, right? And what, what are facts? And so that's sort of one body of my work is that everything I do, and it's not it's not easy, it's not pretty. And um, Karen Armstrong says that a compassionate city is a what is the word she uses? A compassionate city is an uncomfortable city. Mm-hmm. And so it's willing to sit, being willing to sit in that space of uncomfortable for a little bit longer is something I I hope to do every day. And it's not it's not perfect, mm-hmm. um, but. I, that's my work. And I, I love to source exhibitions Mm -hmm. that in some ways teach us new avenues of, for compassion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think compassion is, well, it's always important, but I feel like it's especially important in today's age. I feel like with like the political divide and also like social media, I guess, like, I feel like that has caused a lot of people to be uncompassionate so yeah definitely I feel like compassion is definitely really we feel like this is a time where we really need it and I find it great that you're like part of compassion Texas yes and I guess this is like going back to the art thing like I definitely do believe that art um can help marginalized groups I feel like an example of this like I just like suddenly thought of it when um you were talking um it's uh Guernica by Pablo Picasso Mm -hmm. like his I feel like his 
um painting helped um shed light on the qualities of like the bombings and like the whole war I guess so yeah I totally agree and it was you know he put himself at great risk to bring all of that to the canvas Mm -hmm. I think the modern day version of that is Ai Weiwei and Mm -hmm. I can recommend two films Human Flow Mm -hmm. and Never Sorry are both two really important movies Um, I would encourage anyone who's landed here in this broadcast to go and watch and think about Mm -hmm. We're working on a project with Ai Weiwei right now. Um, He is, of course, a Chinese-American. Well, he's a Chinese artist Mm -hmm. who has lived for some decades in America. He's back in, he's either in China or in Berlin right now. Um, Mm -hmm. But he does have a very important voice um, to the world right now with points of view on immigration Mm -hmm. um, points and human flow, which is sort of the idea that we're all moving around the planet all the time is a fascinating Mm -hmm. expression of what we should, I think, what we should be thinking about um, in how we treat each other, mm-hmm. yeah, regardless of where we come from. Mm-hmm. And I guess so, like before we, yeah, yeah. I guess it's before courage. We... It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, you're good. Also, I guess like last question before we end, I guess like what do you think defines Asian American art? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> So when I uh, when I think about it in the context of the Crow Museum, mm-hmm. we like to represent artists who have Asian heritage, mm-hmm. so of Asian descent, mm-hmm. and we've had both, you know, international exhibitions with Asian artists, and we've had Asian Americans, and um, here and and we define Asia very broadly. We kind of adopt the Asia Society's definition of Asia. So we go all the way into the Middle East. We mm-hmm. kind of go beyond South Asia, beyond India into, we've had some wonderful exhibitions of far West Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think the other thing that we, we really want to see tradition again, you know, like this idea that where I come from shows up in my story and shows mm-hmm. up in my message and in my art. Mm-hmm. And it's not that explicit all the time, um, mm-hmm. but it's there and it's definitely there in the curatorial message too, mm-hmm. so that every exhibition has this capacity to teach and mm-hmm. help help others understand issues that people are facing and mm-hmm. um, what we need to be talking about in 2023. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I guess like something for me that defines Asian American art is, I guess like what you said, tradition. But I also feel like a lot of Asian art has like, um, like nature in it, and also like I guess like jade and like ritual bronze and stuff. So yeah. yes, those just like mm-hmm. yeah, and occasionally maybe four or five times we've honored an ally. And allyship is something that I I wish yeah. more non-Asians would learn about mm-hmm. um, how to be a good ally. And so we have honored the work of allies who really deeply, authentically appreciate yeah. um, themes of Asia. We haven't done that as much lately. And, and maybe that's something we're sort of leaning away from because there are plenty of places for non-Asians to exhibit their art. And the Crow really owes, I believe, owes the Asian American community um, the first place that's so interesting so yeah I feel like we had a very interesting conversation today um thank you so much for coming on and speaking with me Miss Hoffland <laughs> and thank you so much to everyone at home watching um yeah so I will see you guys next time bye
Thank you so much. Really beautiful work. Thank you, Tiffany. You're welcome.